I don't trust the show when it comes to uh, Pokemon knowledge, but I'll trust it on how blimps fly. Really? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Graham, I have a question for you. What's that, Kellen? Do you want to be a master of Pokemon? Do you have the skills to be number one? Which of those questions do I answer first? Do I want to be Uh, a master of Pokemon? I'm not really a master, sort of, of anything, uh, but I would like a Pokemon buddy. And then do I have the skills to be number one? I doubt I'm even top ten, but I'll give it a shot. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. But you know what is top ten? This podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Tukela Delibird. And today... We're starting a new, we're starting a brand new season in a brand oh. new place. Wait, 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 we're wait, jumping wait, into, wait, oh. wait, wait, I got a question for you, Kellen. Oh? Orange, you glad I didn't say Kanto? Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> brand new season, Kellen. You ruined my intro. How dare you? <laughs> so Keep rude. Keep it God. going. Anyway, yes, we're, we're in a new place. We're starting adventures in the Orange Islands, which I'm very, very excited about to see some new things. I'm Kellen, as per usual. Uh, I'm the guy that knows Pokemon, joined by the guy who doesn't. It's Graham. Graham, how you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for letting me slip that joke in. Top 10 joke. Ugh, you disgust me. It doesn't get better than that. No, no, that was bad, and you should feel bad. Actually, I feel good. No, you shouldn't. I don't think so. Since I feel good, how are You're you wrong. feeling? I'm fine. Yeah? I'm doing all right. Okay. You told me you've got a life lesson you want to share. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had a uh, a bowl of, I made, I made a slow cooker chicken lemon rice soup the other day. It's very okay. good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I I'm, I really want to get into slow cooking soups over the next few months, like going into winter and whatnot. In Canada, you need a good mm-hmm. slow cooked soup. A good soup. hearty <laughs> slow cooked soup. So yeah, I, I had a bowl of that. And I've learned a very valuable life lesson that I would like to share with the listeners. Let's see. And that is if you are using a fresh lemon in something and you're squeezing the lemon juice in and some lemon seeds fall in, if you are going to continue to cook that food, fish out the fucking lemon seeds. Oh my (laughs) God, it's vile. You left the seeds in there. I dropped them in and then I couldn't find them. And I was like, eh, what, what damage will that do? A lot. It's disgusting to bite into a cooked lemon seed oh you know a lot of seeds and pits have uh essentially like the same kind of chemical that's in cyanide oh it was just did you know that but in like smaller doses but that um yeah like explains uh, it well apricot pits like those two are are actual like cyanide that yeah that makes a lot more sense because it was fucking foul hmm like the soup was fine. Which side note? Okay, it didn't ruin the soup though. That's it didn't. Good. It didn't ruin the soup. Which uh, side note? The soup. Uh, I I also learned more broth. I always forget how much liquid rice absorbs, and so it wasn't so much a soup as it was a casserole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was well, good. yeah, it was yeah. Good. Rice will turn into porridge basically yeah. if if you let it. But yeah, um, fish out your lemon seeds, folks. You bite into that, and it is game over. You're done. When life gives you lemons. Make chicken soup, but fish out the seeds. That's what Callan's learned about life in the last week. Yeah. Life That's is my life like lesson. a soup full of lemon seeds. Maybe I'll try to figure out some life lessons every week that I've learned. That would over be the fun. Last week. That'd that would be fun. be fun. And it's going to be dumb every time because that's the kind of shit I learn is don't bite into cooked lemon seeds. Speaking of life lessons, uh, okay, so for new listeners, hey, this this must have been a shock. We <laughs> What we do on this podcast is we go over and recap uh, Pokemon anime episodes, and then we have a couple little bits around them, and we'll open it up the episode 
was sort of a planned bit, but we also opened it up with a bit of banter. So yes, what this show is about, we will be analyzing Pokemon episodes, but hopefully having a ton of laughs along the way. We'll get so, there. So uh, yeah, we <laughs> that is what this podcast is. And I say that because uh, it, you, you had a cool video this week, Kellen. I'm going to mm-hmm. shout out the Hydra Leech uh, TikTok you know, that it got TikTok. some traction from a, a top 28 errors in the Pokemon what is it called? Pokemon Trainer's Choice section yeah. of uh, of Pokemon anime. And yeah. so there's a YouTube video on the Hydra Leech uh, YouTube channel that compiles them all. If you're more of a YouTube person than a TikTok person, uh, check that out. It's a really good video. Kellen goes over uh, kind of all these various errors and, 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 you know, it was a lot of learning for me. So, yeah, great video. Check that out. Um, we also started a Twitter Two Bird is now on Twitter uh, or X or whatever we're supposed because, to call it. Well, I, I will be dead in the ground before I refer to it as X. Yeah, I, I like just saying Twitter. It's Twitter. It always will be Twitter. Right. Like how many people actually said the artist formerly known as Prince? Right. Like they still just said Prince, the platform formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> uh, so check us out on Twitter. It's at Two Bird. It will be mostly, uh, you know, shouting out when episodes go live and that kind of thing. Uh, but I've been trying to post a really, really dumb joke every day. My favorite one so far that I came up with was, uh, despite all my dragon rage, I'm still just a ratatat in a Pokeball. Thank you. Is that supposed to be hole in the wall? No, no, it's uh, a Smashing Pumpkins lyrics for a Smash. You're, you're too young for this. This is like yeah, from the 90s. It's despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. But my favorite play on it, despite all my rage, I'm still just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I always like that. Yeah, and I, I also have access to, the, we both have access to the Twitter, um, and you will never know who's tweeting what. Just fair warning. I think that makes it fun. Except so. if it flips violently between millennial and the <laughs> Zoomer memes. <laughs> yeah, once it starts tweeting about Big Brother, you'll know it's me. <laughs> yes, from Nirvana to Drake and Josh. <laughs> Okay, so we do have a bit of a bit planned before we get into the episode. Are you, are you ready to do that, Kelly? I'm so ready. I'm always ready. Okay, so a bit of background. When we were doing the uh, Pokemon anime movie, the first movie recap, uh, I wrote a skit about a character named Mew3. Now, Mew3 is one of the other clones, okay? Uh, Mewtwo was cloned from, from Mew. Mew3 is one of the other cl- clones. Now, he didn't get great psychic abilities or you know attack power like Mewtwo instead he is the world's greatest accountant okay Mm -hmm. and in that skit he was the accountant for Team Rocket so this is a a follow-up of what happened to Mew 3 uh, in the time since then okay and uh, I hope that Mew 3 can be a bit of a reoccurring background character (laughs) for Ash along his his journeys yeah I'm gonna set the stage with a bit of a story and then we're gonna do a quick dialogue uh, Kellen, you're going to play President Good Show, and I will be Mew3. Got mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. All right. Mew3, the greatest accountant, strikes again. <laughs> After the fallout of Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo strikes back. Mewtwo's clone brother, Mew3, found himself without purpose. Team Rocket was in shambles after Mewtwo destroyed the headquarters. Even worse, the insurance claims they filed got audited. Oh! <gasps> Mew 3 may be the world's greatest Pokemon accountant, but even he can't compete with the fierce might of a full audit. After assembling all the necessary documentation, Mew 3 offboarded his duties to Team Rocket's new accountant, 
a ditto who just imitates the <laughs> auditors. The ditto will likely keep the auditors busy until the end of time. Let's go ditto. Let's go ditto. <laughs> now, Mew 3 found himself in a situation not dissimilar to Mew 2 in Pokemon the first movie, Mew 2 Strikes Back, without purpose. He wandered the land looking for a place to use his skills. He did a brief stint bookkeeping for a Pokemart in Viridian City, but the Team Rocket ties in that city guaranteed he could not forget the past. His next job was for the Kanto Internal Registry Agency, a.k.a. Kira, where he learned a deep truth about himself. He ain't no pencil-pushing narc. <laughs> After Aiden and one too many seizures of an undocumented Mr. Mime, oh, no. he decided to hit the road again in search of his destiny. Victory road, that is. Poor Mr. Mime. Fast forward to the time of episode 76, All Fired Up. So these are the Pokemon League episodes of the Indigo League. Mew 3 has found a brand new calling through employment from the president of the League Competition Committee, Charles Goodshow. It turns out that the Pokemon League has an incredible amount of exciting bookkeeping challenges. Mew 3 had never considered the nonprofit space before and found the new experience rejuvenating. Every interesting problem made his heart swell. Keeping track of donations, supporting competitors, and being part of something truly important to Kanto gave him a brand new purpose. Mew 3, the world's greatest accountant, discovered he was also the world's greatest administrator. <laughs> Jobs, however, much like a 60s sitcom's depiction of marriage, often come with a honeymoon period. That time of ecstasy and positivity slowly devolves into toxicity and frustration. Mew 3 thought that the rest of his life would be pure and sensational. President Goodshow, however, had another future in mind for him. As the work piled up, Mew 3's normally upbeat attitude had soured. President Goodshow cared more about the spirit and spectacle of the League and little about the administration, causing Mew 3's workload to be overwhelming. What is a poor bureaucrat to do? Begin scene. Mew 3 is beneath the League stadium, furiously going through the documents. Goodshow comes down the stairs into Mew 3's office. Oh, well, hello, Mew 3. The stadium is alive with the spirit of competition. What keeps you down here all the time? President Goodshow, fourth of his name, supreme arbiter of the Pokemon <laughs> League. Your presence both honors and infuriates me. What keeps me? What keeps me? You neglect the pure and virtuous calling of administration to fraternize with the rabble. Don't you see the true calling of a bureaucrat? There is so much paperwork to do, and so little time. <laughs> oh, lighten up, Mew 3. All of Kanto is alive with the energy of the league competition. The tournament does not need to be all stress and servitude. Take a load off. Listen, a stupendous match is about to start between two young rookies. The passion of today's youth is incredibly inspirational. One of the entrants is my new friend, Ash Ketchum from Pallet Town. He helps deliver the flame of Moltres, you know. Quite the fresh upstart. He has a Pikachu who stays outside the Pokeball all the time. I think his opponent Richie has a Pikachu too, so this showdown could be quite shocking. <laughs> Mew 3 shakes his head and mutters to himself. So much work and so little time and he's raving about Pikachus? Pikachus? Wait, both trainers have a Pikachu? I have the file on the match right here and there's only one Pikachu assigned to one of the trainers. Sparky the Pikachu and he has a shock of fluffy hair. Who, who's this other Pikachu? Oh, 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 Ash's Pikachu is just Pikachu, and he's a delight. Anyways, come up and watch the match. I'll be going up shortly. Ash still hasn't arrived, but I'm sure he will soon. You don't understand. 
The paperwork is all wrong. How can we have incomplete data? Imagine the ramifications of such a folly. I must figure out who this Pikachu is. Tell me, President Charles Goodshow, fourth of his name, Supreme Arbiter of the Pokemon League, has this ash of Pallet Town and his data erroneous Pikachu arrived yet? I need to update all these spreadsheets. Oh, the referees just let me know that Ash is arriving just now. Apparently he came in a balloon. This is truly a competition to never forget. I'm Mew3. We must see this. President Goodshow runs out of the office and up the stairs. Mew3. Okay, so looking at Ash's information in our database, I can update his profile to include Pikachu. There. Done. I should check his matches to make sure there are no other mistakes. What? What's this? A level 4 Krabby <laughs> went 3-0 and oh and evolved into a Kingler in one match? How's that possible? Then, Jeanette Fisher of Crimson City's level 50 Bellsprout was beat by a level 38 Muck with no previous battle experience? Ah, this, this Ash of Palatown defies all of my forecasts. His battles can't be predicted. We hear the crowd roaring from above. Ash's Charizard is currently refusing to fight. Ash loses. Mew 3. What's this? I just, I just got the notice that Ash's Charizard is disqualified against Richie's Pikachu? Ash defies every statistical model I have. His data is impossible to work with. Mew 3 fumes in silence while he writes a letter. He places the letter open on the desk, leaves out the back door. Hours later, we see President Goodshow coming down the stairs and entering the office. His face shows excitement and joy. Mew 3, the league is alive and well. The spirit of competition makes my soul swell. Mew 3, come join the celebration. Mew 3? He sees the empty office in the letter. Picking it up, he reads the letter for Mew 3. President Goodshow and the League Competition Committee, I regret to inform you of my resignation, effective immediately. Although the challenges of the nonprofit space still fulfill me, I have become aware of anomalies in statistics and data that astound me. I am now aware of an individual who defies forecasting whose data cannot be logged correctly, and who consistently breaks known rules of Pokemon training and competition. I cannot sit in an administrative role when such mysteries exist. I must dedicate myself to understanding the ununderstandable. I do not know where this journey will take me, but I know I must take it. I will discover the ultimate statistical model that can explain Ash Ketchum's data, or I will die trying. <laughs> Goodbye, and thank you for everything. Mew 3. Oh, well, that's a twist I wasn't expecting. We'll need to find someone to replace Mew 3. He was a lot better than the last employee, but also so uptight. I hope he discovers the true meaning of Pokemon and friendship. Oh well, life goes on. Let's watch more Pokemon battles. End scene. Beautiful. Wow, the crowd goes wild. Thank you, Kellen. I'm excited to see where Mew 3 goes from here. That's all it, and that is why... I voiced him this time. That was Mew3's turn into a villain. He cannot <laughs> explain Ash Ketchum. <laughs> all of his strange decisions. All of the battles he wins that he should have lost. I do believe a level 38 muck could take down a level 50 Bellsprout, though. Oh, to be that fair. Was, that was my... I'm the, I wrote that, and I'm the one that doesn't know anything about Pokemon, so I yeah. should have ran the numbers by you for it. Yeah, <laughs> all <whatever>. right. <laughs> Should have I made it 70? <laughs> it was still stupid in the context of the show because Muck never battled. And we're we're led to believe battle experience is important. So <laughs> And that bell sprout was like fly as shit, right? It was, it was, it like, was a pretty fucking it had bell developed sprout. an immunity to electricity somehow. Yeah. Wild. 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 Okay. So 
Is it Pokemon time? Orange Glad, I didn't say. Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, let's get into Orange Islands. This is the premiere of the Orange Island art. <laughs> episode 83, Palette Party Panic. Followed by episode 84, Scare in the Air. So Oof. we're starting with Palette Party Panic. And before we jump into that, I want to talk a little bit about the theme song. Now, if you're watching Ooh, yes. it on like Pokemon.com or something, the first three episodes of this season uh, still have the regular, the original Pokemon theme song. The The whole way they divide seasons online is ridiculous to me. I think and they just carved it up into 60 episode chunks, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they didn't. I think that's it. I think the more obvious way to go by it is the physical DVD releases where this right. is the start of the Orange Islands because this is this is the real start of the Orange Islands. We know that. It's right. obvious. Yeah, yeah. But it's like mid-season two on Pokemon.com. Yeah, it's And they stupid. keep the uh, Indigo opening on Pokemon.com. For, for a few of them. So if you haven't listened to the Orange Island theme song, go search that up because we're going to talk about it a little bit. Now, we've, yeah. we've, we've talked about in the future doing like a a ridiculous deep dive into all of the theme songs. Um, but for now, I want to just talk about it very briefly and kind of just compare it to the original. Like, I want to keep a running list of how we individually rank the theme songs as we go through the series. Oh, nice. Well, this gets a like a one. Yeah. <laughs> the song is hot <laughs> ass. Like, okay, first of all, the song we're talking about, it's called like To Be The Master. It's called or something. Pokemon World. Okay. But they say in it, To Be A Master. Do you want to be a master of Pokemon? Do you have you the go. skills to be number one? I want to be take the ultimate test, have the courage to be bold, uh, to risk it all and not forget the message that I'm told. I want to go where no one's been far beyond the crowd to risk it all. And no, fuck, I lost it. Not another. good enough, but it, it, it was not good. Yeah, and then it goes into the chorus. <laughs> the first song is so much better. The first song is so much better. We all live in a Pokemon world. Um... It's forgettable, yeah, because I don't fucking remember the line. And it's like sort of like a really crappy kind of hip hop almost it's trying to be. Oh, yeah. It's like that like late 90s, early 2000s, where in the Western releases of stuff, they were sort of shoving rap into things mm -hmm. and, and not like not well. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> it's like it's like extremely crappy rap. It, it's the kind of stuff that can get so bad it becomes good again. Like mm -hmm. the uh, four kids, one piece pirate rap. Look it up, everybody. That shit's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the pirate yeah. rap. Um, yeah, the original Pokemon theme goes above it. Easy. Not even close. Yeah, not I'm even close. Green it, with it that. has the bias of sort of how it opened, you know, a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the most but iconic. Just, by yeah, far. But just even how the lyrics sort of like set the stage for what it is you're getting into are so strong with the first theme. And and the second theme, <laughs> the second theme's themes, uh, like I don't <laughs> even know what they are. <laughs> it just doesn't match either. Because like we're right. going into the Orange Islands. This is like a uh, an archipelago island tropical section and we get hip-hop yeah it should have been what? like a folksy tropical like hawaiian or yeah. something like but. orange islands is supposed to be like okinawa right or something like that like a tropical bunch of islands like hawaii yeah it's a whole archipelago there's like dozens of them i think dozens of islands mm -hmm. yeah all right so so far in the series we both rank pokemon well the original theme is just called pokemon theme which is weird but we both rank Pokemon theme and then Pokemon World. That's our current rankings. Of, I would give the Pokemon theme, theme uh, 10 Pokemon themes out of 10. 
And I would give a Pokemon World 10 steaming leaky buttholes out of 10. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Let's jump into the actual episode, shall we? Sure. Episode 83, Palette Party Panic. Here we are in a new season, baby. Let's go. Oh, I'm very yeah. excited. So they're having a party at Oak's Place to congratulate Ash for representing Pallet Town so well. This is all for Ash. None of it's for Gary. Gary is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Gary isn't around. Uh, Oak is like, fuck that guy. <laughs> My grandson's an asshole. Fuck. Yeah, he's an asshole. Fuck uh, P- Pikachu has a glass of juice in which he cheerses with Ash. Which it looked like cute. everybody has orange juice to me. It's probably a, a punch or something. Most of those yeah. adults will probably have mimosas, actually. Yeah, you think they're spiking them? Yeah, they're spiking them. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, it almost looked like someone wanted it to be beer, but then they were like, these are all kids. (laughs) So they made it orange juice. You can't hang around Ash for more than an hour without being absolutely blitzed. (laughs) Or Brock or Misty. If I was hanging out with them, I'd be like, fuck, guys, just well, yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah, because Brock then talks with his mouth full, which is very impolite, Brock. Oh, Don't my God, do that. Brock. Very well, that's, not, that, that's not that bad compared to when he's, like, flipping out over the ladies. <laughs> which we'll see. So uh, Misty suggests, though, that they all let their Pokemon out because they had a big part in this, too. So they all, they all come out, uh, all of Brock's Pokemon, all of Misty's Pokemon, and then Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Pidgeotto. Uh, no Muck or Kingler to be seen, even though they had very pivotal roles in getting Ash to where he got to. Yeah, they just selected uh, the, the kind of the usual, I mm-hmm. guess. The, the usual they had a lot suspects. Of frames hanging around for yeah. that have been drawn a lot already. Yeah, so they let the, the Pokemon out to eat. And as the Pokemon all walk towards food, this like upbeat Electronica starts playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Given that we get a new theme and then some of the music in this episode, you can tell they were trying for something different, but it's not very thematic. Like, it's all (laughs) over the place, the new music. Yeah, I noticed uh, Psyduck trips and Bulbasaur literally walks over him, which was kind of funny. (laughs) Bulbasaur, that's so mean. Cruel. It is so mean. So even the Pokemon treat Psyduck like (laughs) shit. Ash says, Ash is very excited about all the food. He says, let's eat fast so we can eat again. Oh, Ash. He's going to make himself sick. And then off to Team Rocket, who are running a food stall. Yeah, street food vendors. Yeah. And uh, they're like clearly like Japanese street food vendors. Um, they're making yakisoba, takoyaki, and maybe some kind of mochi is like what I thought it looked like. Mm-hmm. But they, they've also cooked up a plan to oh. capture Pikachu. Oh, there you go. They, they, they say it's a hot idea. Meowth says they have the recipe for successipi. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, I didn't write that one down. I love that. <laughs> um, I got Jessie's sweet sentence here where she talks about the plan. Now we'll secretly soak them with our sizzling sauces. And while their mouths melt, we'll grab that Pikachu. Yeah, and the Ash orders three of everything they have, which they <laughs> cover in their hot sauces. Right. I think it's James tells them bone appetite. Yeah. Is that I, just I get that? <laughs> just... I mean, clearly it's a play on oh, bon appetit, but um, is it just James tight. is an idiot and doesn't know how to pronounce <laughs> French words? I don't know. Uh, I mean, hmm. I, I have always loved that meme where you say bon appetit, bon apple teeth. like bon apple teeth. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> My favorite one is is osteoporosis. Just say that to someone because if you go down the degrees of of meaning, it means bone atrophy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't get that at first. So you say osteoporosis. It is a deep one. (laughs) Before you eat. Yeah. So Ash takes the food back. Brock and Squirtle and a couple of them dig in. Brock, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Pidgeotto. Yeah, and they... Their mouths set on fire, literally. Boom, flames. They're breathing fire. It is like the uh, spicy curry item in Super Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. Where where you start like running back and forth and flames start coming out. It's so hot that Squirtle's water gun, he can't shoot water anymore. It's just shooting fire. It's just fire. (laughs) He's turned into a fire type, that folks. (laughs) Oh, and if... Okay, are there items in Pokemon ever that change the type of the Pokemon? Not items, but that's the Generation 9 gimmick, is terastalization. Ah, and that changes the and That the changes type. your type, yeah. Okay, can that be caused by, like, a pepper? It's like, <laughs> it's like you give them the Carolina Reaper, and boom, it's a fire type. <laughs> That'd be, be funny, but I don't yeah. think so. That's not a thing, I don't think. Pretty, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, Misty has Staryu cool them down. I, I do feel like that if you're at that level of spice, uh, that little bit of water is not going to do shit. <laughs> No, you need like milk. You need or, the milk, yeah. Bread. Get a milk tank in here. Let them suckle <laughs> at the teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's common knowledge that w- when you're dealing with that level of spice, water just like moves it around. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do anything. Ash berates them. He's like, Pfft. yeah, he's like, y'all wimps. <laughs> he can't, he can't handle a little spice. He, he eats it. His head blows up. Kaboom! Yeah, it, it makes his head explode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> his head is gone. And in the in the chaos, Pikachu gets taken by Team Rocket. Who do the motto as their food cart turns into the balloon. Yeah, it's like a transforming food cart. If we're going to get just the plain motto with no jokes in it, I like it in this sense. Because we're also watching something cool happen. That's true. No, no, good point. And it's like they change costumes during this too. So they've mm-hmm. got like the street vendor outfits and then they turn into their uh, typical and actually, the animation they put into this cart turning into a balloon was a little bit over the top <laughs> to the point where I didn't quite get where it was going for a moment. Like, it's obvious when it becomes the balloon. But I was like, is this another, like, crazy mech? Yeah, they, they were like, production was like, oh, God, okay, Pokemon has has blown up. Here's a little more money. Have some more budget for each episode. Go nuts. Like, I, and I like yeah, the idea Rocket that they nuts. would put that money into animating <laughs> the food cart transforming. Screw Razor Leaf, Mex, baby. They're like, Let's I really go. just wanted to, I, I kept applying to work on Gundam, <laughs> Gundam Wing, <laughs> and I keep having to work on Pokemon, but you know, this this is where it's at. So in retaliation, the gang throws the food back at Team Rocket, landing directly in their mouth. Great shot, my god. Oh, yeah. And they set on fire yeah, as well. It was crazy that they like eat. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he checks the food back and Team Rocket just eats it. It's like, you know, when you got to throw bombs back at mm-hmm. a Zelda boss. <laughs> I did notice when Team Rocket was like freaking out about the heat in the animation, you could see like a little red ring around their mouths. I mm-hmm. liked that as just like a little touch because that's exactly how it feels when your mouth is on fire. Absolutely. Which is great. And that, that's what cartoons, and I, I know this is an anime, but I'm using cartoon broadly, is good at doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like adding uh, a physical uh, presence to uh, things that you sort of feel and exaggerations um, to that sort of uh, yeah sensation. Beautiful. And so they launch up in the air and they show Pikachu dangling below the balloon from a rope. Which is yeah, we get the gym theme kicking in here, yeah. right? Pretty uh, hype. I, I think. I think, I think it is, yeah. It's, it's not the electric, I don't think it's the electric guitar one. 
that no, I No, it's point more out. it's it's, it's one of the like da, 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 da. is that like the main theme? I got to do some more research into the music. <laughs> it's one of the, it's, it's one, one of, of the Pokemon themes you hear a lot when you're playing the games though. <laughs> I don't remember it. I'll have to go back and listen to it at some point. Anyway, so yeah, Pikachu's dangling from a rope here, and it's it's heartbreaking because Pikachu is terrified. Uh, Ash is standing between his Squirtle and his Pidgeotto. Now, mm-hmm. many times in the past, Ash has had Pidgeotto simply go pop the balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't fucking do that this time. He's like Squirtle, use Water Gun, and it barely it doesn't reach at all. Like he eventually Ash. gets Pidgeotto to Ash, attack. Come on, Pidgeotto's literally sitting. But you're right saying there. he waits a while. He waited. Yeah. He uses yeah. Squirtle, doesn't do anything, and then he's like, "Oh he, right, he's I have drunk a bird." On all that orange juice. I've got a fucking bird I can send at them. So Pidgeotto <laughs> goes and pops so, it. But before Pidgeotto goes up, Team Rocket is literally bombing oh, yeah. the party. Throwing They're throwing bombs. bombs down. <laughs> It's crazy. I did like this reused bit of, of uh, animation that they used a couple times, because as they're throwing bombs onto the party, we go to the aerial shot of the party, and everyone's freaking out. There's all the little, the little lines of people running around the, the scene, yeah. and then there's, big, then there's big Onyx, who's just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's unfazed. He can, like, whack the bombs away. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Ash, Ash sends Pidgeotto at him. They pop the balloon, and it starts to fall down, but they've installed a panic button this time, which releases the that balloon. panic button from Pallet Party Panic, <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> which releases the balloon and inflates a new one. They've got a backup this time. Yeah, and, and the new balloon is the same, except it has a two written on Miel's <laughs> charm, which is great. And so Jesse sends out Arbok, has it, Poison Sting Pidgeotto, who falls to the ground, and Ash catches her. Whoa-oh. Yeah. Poison Sting is not that good of a move, guys. Poison this, Sting uh, is our box really our box really yoked. Sure. It was a, a really enhanced poison sting by the spicy food. It was oh, a fire okay. sting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. So he wants to try Charizard. It's Misty's the only hope that, that he has. <laughs> Misty is very concerned. She's like, that never works. Why do you think it's gonna work every time it never works? And Ash is just like, fuck it, we'll try He's it. He's like, trust me. And so he sends out Charizard. Charizard ain't gonna do it. He's uninterested. <laughs> he tells Charizard, too. He's like, I'm really counting on you. I know those other times I was counting on you, too. But this time, I'm really counting on you. And Charizard, like, Charizard like, nah. sees a bunch of food, and he's entranced. So, yeah, Team Rocket continued to throw bombs down. Uh, and one of these bombs blows up the food table that Charizard is just about to Yeah, he's to about to take a bite of some, some fancy-looking fruit, and boom, it's, it's gone. And, this, and this, this is what does it. This is him off. He's done. <laughs> He's so Team Rocket, angry. you're over. And he flies into the air after Team Rocket as they keep throwing bombs. How many fucking bombs do these guys have? They have more bombs than there is physical space on it's that uh, balloon by, by a lot. Ridiculous. <laughs> so a smattering of bombs comes flying at him. He smacks them back into Team Rocket, which blow them up. They go blasting off again. And Pikachu falls. Charizard saves Pikachu. And Ash is like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Charizard is finally listening to he listening did to me, guys. A good job. He's going to obey it. me I now. <laughs> and so Charizard scorches him. <laughs> yeah, just blasts him, kills nah. Ash, nah. starts <laughs> flapping up a storm. He is somehow causing more damage now while he's thrashing around than uh, the bombs did. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> crazy. Like bombs in this world, like 
are just a minor inconvenience, right? Like nobody yeah. dies, nobody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, Charizard like, is oh. completely high on his own supply here. Oh, he yeah. is way too cocky, way too riled up. It's he's, it's he's really feeling himself. <laughs> In a way, he is the perfect parallel to Ash because he is too too into himself mm. and won't listen to any other you know criticism or feedback. Right, hmm. right. <laughs> Who hmm. does that remind you of? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back to Team Rocket, they have fallen into a tree full of Pidgeotto and Pidgey, and nearby apparently there's a bunch of Spearow and a Fearow bunch of scary birds and then we go mm-hmm. back to the lab and that will already. be important that will be yeah. important pidgeotto has been treated at the lab pidgeotto is back in ship shape and oak yeah this asks, is oak's lab he's healing uh pikachu with a very sophisticated looking machinery and oak asks the gang to run an errand for him on valencia island in the orange archipelago there's Ooh, also a part here where uh Misty and Brock, they're they're really feeling Pidgeotto. Uh, mm-hmm. They're like, Pidgeotto's the best. So loyal, always gets the <laughs> job done. And Charizard is kind of an ass. Like, kind of sorry, not Ash. It. We kind of hate that guy. It's not it, Ash. <laughs> we we kind of super hate that guy, Ash. Kind of a sorry. dick. <laughs> and she's like, oh, get him to listen someday. And yeah, that's when Oak just pivots and is like, look, I don't give a fuck about what you guys are talking about. I, got I need you to do things for me. I got an thing. He so he wants the gang to go to uh, Valencia Island to meet with Professor Ivy, who has found a mysterious Pokeball that yep. Oak needs to research. And Gary is somewhere else. Yeah, Gary is not here. He's, <laughs> He's off basically on another just adventure. Like, and Gary is somewhere else. <laughs> He's gone. Interestingly, here in the dub, Oak yep. refers to I knew Professor it. I knew Ivy. You're gonna catch this. I caught Oak it too. refers to proud? Professor Ivy as a he, and then Misty refers to Ivy as a she. And Professor Ivy is a woman, so this was just a mistake. Yeah, and on they, Oak's, they use Oak's the, the uh, she/her pronouns for everything else. Just yeah. for some reason, that one line, that one slip um, through, is he? Yeah. Even in some in some media's, they have the subtitles calling uh, Ivy she. So. so, yeah, I had to rewatch it because on Pokemon.com, if you use the caption subtitles, mm-hmm. uh, it says she when yeah. Oak clearly says he. Yeah. So, so that <laughs> confused me for a second. I was like, what? They were just like, oh, <laughs> fuck, we didn't catch that one originally. We need to yeah. Uh, yeah. we need to fix that. Yeah. So they, they need to go get this Pokeball. They can't transfer it for whatever reason. It just isn't possible with the technology they have. There's something about Even this mysterious Pokeball. The yeah. There's something about this mysterious Pokeball that... This one's Won't allow it to be transferred. And so... Uh, yeah, so they're going to have to physically go to uh, Valencia Island. And, uh, you know, I guess Ash is interested just because it's a Pokemon-themed adventure. Mm-hmm. Brock is horny for the girls, yep. of course. Beach girls, be, baby. Because it's Let's a go. beach. Uh, and Misty wants to hang out on a beach. Like, uh, honestly, of all three of those reasons, kind of identify with Misty the most. <laughs> like, yeah, just go, go have a vacation. You guys were just training for months. Like, have some fun. Were they? Well, were they really? They were supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ash is actually interested in this. And uh, they're off to the Orange Archipelago. And Delia reminds Ash to always change your you know what every day. She's Thank self-aware. You, she realizes she says it so often mm-hmm. <laughs> that she doesn't even need to clarify. So the gang is walking through the forest and it's quiet. It's too A little quiet. Too <laughs> quiet. As a herd of Spiro and a Firo come descend in on the gang and yeah, they dive bomb them. Ash questions, why is the Firo attacking us? Why me? And then he flashes back to episode one when he threw a rock at a Spiro and reasons 
that this Spiro or this Firo must be that Spiro evolved. Oh, do you think he's right? I like, have no idea. <laughs> it seems like a bit of a stretch, but I was really I- hoping they would zoom in after that on the back of Firo's head to emphasize a, a, a like a bulge spot, a rock shaped bulge, or a rock yeah. a rock has swollen and never never gone yeah. down, and been like, yes, this is that Spiro. But yeah, he reasons it's the same one. I don't know. I'm not so, sure if so I fully Spiros buy it. So Spiros and Firos are like the other main bird Pokemon yeah. in Gen 1 as opposed to like the Pidgey line. Yeah. And for some reason, I, I don't really get what it is, but similar to like Butterfree to Beedrill, it, do you get the feeling like Spiro and Firo are kind of like the villain birds and the Pidgey <laughs> line are like the hero birds? And I don't know why I get that, but that it feels like that's how they portray them in the show. That, that, yeah, it's probably just because that's how it's shown. In the in the show, what a pidgey bias they're pushing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not take this pidgey propaganda. <laughs> We're Spiro truthers on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Firo swoops in and grabs Ash and Pikachu and flies off. And Ash has Pikachu Thunder Shock Firo so that it it drops them and they fall into the same tree that Team Rocket is sitting in. Conveniently. Conveniently. And, and Ash really casually is like, oh, what are you three doing here? <laughs> Good to see you guys again. It's been a bit. Yeah, wow. I love those kind of moments of Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, you know how he'll make really mundane things and like react to them? He'll, he'll do this. Yeah, he'll react in the same way to things that are really like random or, or surprising. <laughs> it's beautiful. He's consistent. And so Team Rocket is too scared to get out of the tree because when they do, like the the Pidgey and the Pidgeotto or the Spearow and the Firo start freaking the fuck out. And uh, yeah, they they explain they're basically in the middle of a a big bird brained battle. Yeah, the, it's, big gang it's the, war. It's the Capulets and the Romulans all over again <laughs> between these two bird families. And Ash p- pitches that they should all work together. For once in their life to get get out of this tree and to to help these Pidgey and Pidgeotto because they're trapped. If the Pidgey and Pidgeotto try to get anywhere, the Spiro and Firo come at them and try to kill them. Mm-hmm. And so he, he thinks it's more important to get Team Rocket out of the tree so that he can help the Pokemon. And so he jumps on the branches, shaking the tree enough that Team Rocket fall to the ground. I just Brilliant. knew I'd be the fall guy, says yeah. Meowth. Okay. But really, what Ash is doing is making a decoy because the Firo yeah. chases Team Rocket. And and the Firo and the Spiros kind of run away following the Team Rocket. Yep, and they go running out of the forest, and then Ash tells the Pidgey and Pidgeotto that they're free to go. They're good. The the Spiro is all are all gone, but they're too scared still. And so he gets the idea, let's let's get my Pidgeotto out here. Pidgeotto can tell them, hey, it's all right, everything is okay, and then Pidgeotto can lead them out of the tree and to safety. Right. So he lets Pidgeotto he does so. Pidgeotto's just like telling them presumably, hey, yeah, let's we can move now. Do you, when, when you see a scene like this, though, where Pokemon are talking and it's not subtitled, do you ever just, like, try to imagine, like, what if they're talking about something completely unrelated? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a one way of communication. Like, the Pidgey, Pidgeotto understands Ash's English, I guess. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but does he need to obey? Like, so, uh, yeah. He could yeah, be the, talking about something completely unrelated. The wild Pidgeotto are actually telling Ash's Pidgeotto, you know that? The, we, we don't want to leave this tree. The rent's actually really low here, and we have rent <laughs> control, so we're good here. We don't want to go. And he's like, 
but there's actually been a real estate boom in other places. You could get in <laughs> on it from the ground floor. You're going to create a real economic boom for the shareholders. <laughs> the shareholders. Oh, do you think that Pidgeotto's like scamming them? Uh, Ash's Pidgeotto <laughs> is actually bringing them into an MLM scheme. <laughs> that is what he's doing. And he's like, for only three payments a month, you can get in. <laughs> Ashes Pidgeotto was heavily capitalist and trying to help the 1% that owns all the property. And then That's what's you going tell on here. two friends, and then they yeah. tell two friends. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea. Pidgeotto, the... the Pidgeotto the scummy the marketing the scummy freak. <laughs> capitalist marketing fucker. Come to my Tupperware party next month. <laughs> No obligations. <laughs> oh, fan art. Pidgeotto's Tupperware party. <laughs> yeah. Where's my notebook? It's been a while since I've written something down. For new listeners, this is where Kellen logs ideas for fan art if one day we have enough fans. <laughs> if that you will ever make art. <laughs> are really bored and don't know what to draw and you want a whole list. <laughs> and you want to draw something related to the podcast, I ask that it's one of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go through the ones real quick that I have on the list right now. Just oh, for fun. they're wild. Oh, let's see. Um, Alvin and the Chipmunks as Pokemon. Kangaskhan Block Party. I still love that one. Because <laughs> the, po- the Kangaskhan are houses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bigot Ditto. Oh, like, like there was a Ditto wearing a, a mega hat. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thug Life Snorlax. Uh, Mad Scientist Duplicating Execute. Korok Nativity Scene. Blastoise, Jigglypuff's uh, rave buddies. <laughs> I don't remember the context of this one. <laughs> Meowth against the guillotine. <laughs> I don't remember that either. That's so good. <laughs> French Revolution Meowth depiction. <laughs> like a real, a real classic painting. Yeah. Oh, man. Richard Nixon, Disney princess. Right. Uh, Pikachu in a trench coat. Like three Pikachus in a trench yeah. coat. Yeah. Bulbasaur makes pesto, uh, Mewtwo and Mew spa buddies, and stoner mm. buddy Bulbasaur. Ah, yes. <laughs> Just out of context, the phrase Meowth gets the guillotine <laughs> gets I, I me really Neither of us remember what the context could be. <laughs> <laughs> Meowth gets the guillotine. <laughs> okay. Welcome back um, to TCAD. Today we're going to review episode Meowth gets the guillotine. Meowth's execution. <laughs> was a real good episode in the Johto arc. Meowth was a monarch of France, and, well, the people <laughs> revolted. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, the Spearow chasing Team Rocket out of the thing. Pidgeotto leads the Pidgey and Pidgeotto out of the tree, but then we see Firo is right on their <clears throat> tail. Oh, go me. <laughs> Pidgeotto defends the, the, their swarm, but gets sideswiped by Firo and falls to the ground, sending the Pidgey Oof. gang into disarray. Oh, oh my God. Pidgeotto, though, is determined to help his brethren and starts to Ash glow. Ash tells him, you did, you did your best. Yeah, and then, and then Pidgeotto's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to evolve. <laughs> okay, I had a moment. I, gotta, I, I have to admit something. I thought that Pidgeotto was the last evolution. I completely <laughs> forgot. <laughs> How did you forget think, that? Well, okay, so he evolves into a Pidgeot, which is just like a bigger Big version, bird. but with like a longer hair thing mm-hmm. the dex tells us it can fly at twice the speed of sound that's pretty hype but to me pidgeotto sounds like a cooler name than pidgeot pidgeot pidgeot, pidgeot. 
Um, uh, just more syllables. <laughs> Usually yeah. when you evolve, you get more syllables. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I noticed in the Dex entry, it, it can fly at twice the sound of speed. Speed of sound. Yeah. Okay. First of all, that's fucking ridiculous. That's fast. It's so fast. And then it says it can fly at an altitude of nearly one mile. Isn't that like really low? I don't think that's that high. Yeah. Yeah. That, those two, those two know, things though. do not go together. I don't know how high <laughs> f- birds fly. <laughs> how high? No, that, I mean, that's not that high for a plane, fly. but uh, most birds fly below 500 feet. So, yeah, actually, that is high. For a, a, a vulture can fly at 37,000 feet. I don't know anything about feet. We use the metric system. <laughs> 37,000 feet, feet is mile. seven miles. Seven miles. Okay, one mile is is, is eleven uh, kilometers. Above, it's just over five thousand feet. So, and given that most birds fly about five hundred feet, a mile is actually high for a bird. Okay, yeah, but yeah. if that bird can fly at twice the speed of sound, I feel like altitude should not be an issue here. Also, that I feel like that's pretty low to be breaking the sound barrier. <laughs> yes. As in, like you're gonna disrupt some barbecues. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Won't that, like, <laughs> Whoa, what was that sound? Won't that make some people deaf? I don't know how uh, no, no. the sound barrier works. No, it won't. But it would be like a shocking, it would be a shocking boom, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's Pidgeot science for you. <laughs> poor, poor Pidgeot science. So Pidgeot's big enough now, though, that Ash can ride it, which is pretty hype. Z jumps on. Yeah, and that's fucking goes to cool. war. Him and Pikachu jump on. Back at it again, Pikachu and Pidgeot. Best aerial buddies. Love it. Right, but now Ash can join in. He's just and been waiting. He's been so jealous. Pidgeot gusts the Fero, sending these like slashes of air. These don't really look like gust, like we've seen gust before. Um, oh, this okay. is more like I this thought looks, they were gust. This well, looks more know. like air slash, which wasn't introduced to like Gen 4. It just doesn't look like gust to me. So um, it, was ju- it was just a creative liberty. It's just a creative liberty. They took a nice liberties. animations during this little bit, though, because mm-hmm. then Ash has him do a, a quick attack, which is like a mock jet formation, <laughs> like like just like a blast of light. Uh, and I mm-hmm. liked that animation. Boom. And then Pikachu jumps onto the Fero, and Ash is like, do Thunderbolt. And Pikachu looks back. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and then blasts the Fero <laughs> apart. Yeah, the deranged Pikachu murder face. <laughs> he just looked he so happy. It wasn't the deranged murder face. He was just happy. He was like, Pika, hell yeah. Yeah, he, lo- he loves it. fucking shit up. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And so now Ash is going to try to catch it again. again. Now that it's, it's hurt. He throws the ball. Firo deflects it with its wing. And it swoops around again to attack. But Pidgeot's new army comes flying in. And in formation attacks the Firo, sending it away. <laughs> I lost. I lost my nose. Sending it where? Yeah, Firo like away. runs away at that yeah. point. He's like, "Fuck, I had enough." They <laughs> decimate the thing. It flies yeah. off, uh, and then back on the ground. Ash has a heart to heart with Pidgeot and tells Pidgeot, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna go to the Orange Islands. You stay here, protect the Pidgey and Pidgeotto. I'll come back for you once we get back from this errand." And they say goodbye. And Pidgeot flies off with the Pidgey army, and. Um, Ash isn't, Ash ain't gonna come back for this guy. <laughs> oh, really? This is the nope. last we see of him? This is the last we see of Pidgeot. What? Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I fully expected him <laughs> to pick up the Pidgeot at the end of the season. Nope. <laughs> really? He just leaves him in <laughs> that forest forever. He just leaves Pidgeot. What a dick. Does he ever, it's like, so mention sad. it again? 
I think he has like some flashbacks or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know of like anything past um like Sun and Moon. I don't. So I don't. I don't, I don't know anything about the last season. So if Pidgeot maybe makes like some heroic return in a in a full circle. Okay, but moment, Sun and Moon. Know, that's a that's a long way. That's a long ways away. <laughs> It's one of those kind of running jokes in in Pokemon anime discussions is that when's Ash going to go get Pidgeot? Because he said he would return for her and he doesn't. Oh, my God. He just leaves Pidgeot. That is crazy. I have been saying it all season. All last season, I've been saying Pidgeotto continuously gets the shaft. Yeah. And so does Pidgeot, because once she finally fucking evolves, he just leaves her, leaves her behind. Totally. And Pidgeot is gone. And it's also sad. lies. Like he says yeah. that he's going to come back to the forest. Never does. Oh, my nope. God. Nope. It's bad. And uh, so uh, they're off to the Orange Islands now. And mm-hmm. Team Rocket, meanwhile, are still being chased by the Sphera. They go flapping off again. And that's the episode. Oh. All right. So at the end of the episodes, we have two quick segments to sort of finish them up. We'll do it for each episode. This is kind of for the new listeners. Those of you who have been along the way, skip ahead 15 seconds. I'm just explaining <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so the first one we do is Literary Hour, which is actually only like a minute, uh, where I'll try to compare it to some piece of literature, uh, but often great liberties are taken and it's uh, stupid and ridiculous. It's beautiful. Um, and then the other segment we do is the four-pour, the plastic ping-pong picture of objective rankings. We have a picture of ping-pongs with different categories on it. We're going to randomly pull two categories and rank the episode just based on those categories and no other merits. Um, all right. So literary hour, the trope I'm kind of, uh, that kind of stuck out to me with this episode, tvtropes.com calls it the my, my greatest second chance trope which is basically where sometime in the past the character had suffered some kind of failure and at present they come into the same situation, which is a pretty broad trope, honestly. This episode kind of hammered that home to me in two ways. One, it's, it's the explicit way where it's about he's encountering the Spiro again, now a Firo that he failed to catch and he's going to try again. But also because... We just came off of an episode, last week's episode, was where he had really encountered serious failure for the first time and he was trying to cope with it. So although it doesn't say it explicitly, I I think Ash kind of getting in there again, accepting the challenges is about him, you know, rising up to this new situation after dealing with a pretty serious case of of, uh, what he sees as failure anyways and trying to overcome it. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so a particular story then that would uh, tie to that, in general, the isekai genre from light novels. Okay, so uh, weebs in the chat are going to know what this (laughs) is, Uh, but it's a whole genre uh, where uh, of manga and anime, but uh, it started in light novels, which are kind of like small, easy to read uh, novels that come out of Japan. One of the big kickoffs of this genre was is a series called Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation, which I haven't read or watched, but apparently it's really good. But it also looks a little weird and creepy, so I haven't dug into it. But it's about like a guy who is like a big loser and wasting his life. And then he gets a literal second chance. He's like hit by a truck and then he gets reborn in a fantasy land as like a baby. But he has all the memories of being like a fully grown man, which I think is fucking weird. <laughs> That is the ultimate getting a new try of things, eh? (laughs) Overcoming a failure. Getting born as a baby. So it's basically a second chance. Yep. So I I could compare it to Survivor Season 31, Cambodia, Second Chances, baby. Let's go! (laughs) 
Is that where they bring back people who got eliminated before? Oh, they, they do that all the time, but that season was specifically people who have played one time in the past and didn't win. So it was a second oh, okay. chance for all those people. There's my contribution. All right, let's move on to the 4 poor. All right, what's our first category? Category one will be the soundtrack. Okay, I kind of uh, hated on it <laughs> a bit, didn't I? Like, well, that was the theme uh, song. Uh, no, but I also hated on, I thought there was like this like upbeat electronica thing, oh, yeah. uh, which I mean, isn't bad in a vacuum. It was kind of nice. But I was like, what theme are they going for? Like, there's no cohesiveness. I thought the use of that, what I think is like the gym leader theme from the games, but I we couldn't nail down. I thought that use was fun, though. So it, it's good, but it's also like all over the place, right? And it's that lack of like cohesiveness that is a little bit bugging me in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, but where that, are you landing on this? That that song though that you think is the gym theme is really good. It's really good, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, and, it is uh, really good. That alone is like six for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a four. Okay, so six, four, five, and second category will be oh the anime mom energy. Oh, Look at that. it's actually good. You know why? It's solid. Because clean underwear. Because Delia, uh, well, she has the line about the you know what's right, and mm-hmm. that really brings it full circle. <laughs> we've we've gotten to the underwear apex, mm-hmm. where where she is so deep in the underwear trope that she does not even need to say it. But there's also this like nonchalance that's kind of like great, where her and Oak are just chilling while all the shit's going down. <laughs> You know, like it's getting bombed and Charizard's freaking out and she's like sipping tea and eating sandwiches and being like, good thing Ash is having fun with his friends. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she shows up in a good way. Like, it's is it peak anime mom? No, but, you know, we get a good Delia energy moments and I'm here for it. So Mm -hmm. uh, eight underwear, the underwear alone knocks it up. Um, Yeah. Her and Oak just being like, it's whatever. It's very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Seven for me. All right. Also, I was trying to, as you were talking, figure out which song that is that we are talking about. I believe it is a remix of the regular trainer battle theme. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I felt more special. For informational purposes. There you go. Yeah, but they also use. It's a good song. They also use the gym theme for like everything else. So. (laughs) Oh, that's the gym theme they use for the other things. Like whenever anything remotely exciting happens. The one that starts with the. The sick ass oh, okay. high pitched. And this riff. one is the regular battle. And this is regular theme. battle okay. theme, yeah. It's a good right. theme. So Palette Party Panic gets a six point two five from the four part. Let's move on to That's episode... honestly kinda high. Because yeah. that episode is like okay, it's fine. but it's just fine. Yeah. But what about episode eighty four Scare in the Air? Ooh. Ooh. Now fun fact about this episode before we get into the title it. change. Yeah, so this episode yeah. this episode aired in January two thousand. But after the 9-11 attacks, it was seemingly changed to Spirits in the Sky, but only temporarily because reruns, Pokemon.com, and the DVD release in 2002 that I actually own all keep the name Scare in the Air, which is interesting. Oh, even in the 2002 release, because that's obviously very, Mm -hmm. you know, close to 9-11. Yeah, but also I think Spirits in the Sky is a better title. Okay. For this episode. I mean, it's a song reference. And you know. ghosts, spirits, sky, blimp. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It is yeah. a better title. Yeah. Anyway, that's... Uh, it's a better title. A... You heard so, it here first. So to start the episode, the gang is 
is uh, stocking up on snacks on the way to the Valencia Island. They're outside of a convenience yeah, they store. They want to get to uh, uh, Valencia. They don't quite know how. Oh, was that a misspelling? Yeah, the sign said convenience instead of convenience. Uh, Come on. They're getting tons of snacks. Uh, Brock is absolutely perving out oh, to a it's guidebook. Creepy. That's <laughs> all he needs is a guidebook. <laughs> He's thinking of other girls and he does this creepy laugh. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a simmer. Like someone's got to have an intervention with Brock. <laughs> Quit cooking. Like, Don't let the man cook. <laughs> Don't let him cook. We're cutting you off. <laughs> and so Ash and Pikachu walk out of the store. They've got all the snacks they're going to need Tons for this snacks. trip. <laughs> Pikachu is struggling to hold the bag up. It's very cute. Yeah. They're like, how many snacks do you get? And he's like, well, I got like two weeks worth. How long is it going to take to get there? Ash is like, well, if we're walking, maybe a month or so. A Jesus Christ. Or... Also, how do you walk? How do you walk to, to an, an island? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he talking about walking like along the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> like <laughs> snorkels or something? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Brock reading the guidebook says, well, the blimp's only going to take about a day. But they don't have any money. Ash is broke. Apparently blimps are a normalized way of traveling here. <laughs> let's normalize the blimp people. Come on. Yeah, let's bring back blimps. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring back blimps. They're bring not a safety blimps. hazard at all. <laughs> they're Yeah, they're like, we can't afford that. But hey, luckily, right beside the convenience store, there is a lottery going on. If you give them your receipt proving you made a purchase at the store, you'll you'll get a chance at a raffle yeah, and you can the, win the, the grand prize convenience was the timing of yeah. this raffle <laughs> yeah which the grand prize is round trip blimp tickets to valencia island what a coincidence a wow weirdly incredible yeah and so but ash is like oh let's try that and she's like you can't possibly win and then he wins and then he wins <laughs> there you <laughs> He's go like, you can't lose them all so w- was this raffle actually planned by team rocket because they don't actually say I don't that think ever, so do they it's just like a weird coincidence yeah because they don't even know that they're on the blimp thing until oh, yeah. after this so so weird speaking of team rocket though we go to them right now and meowth oh. singing the spaghetti meatball song my name is Meow. <laughs> I'm covered in fur. That's why I get hairballs. And then video call from the boss. Yeah. But no, his, then his his next line rhymes. It finishes the song. But I don't remember oh, what, what the line say, was. Like, I don't remember what the line was. Frick, oh. I should have written it down. I'm going to look it up now. I just have, I get hairballs, dot, dot, dot. Covered in fur. I got, I got hairballs. Did you call us, sir? That's what he says. Oh, did you call us, sir? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Giovanni has called them, and he has told them that they are going to have a special, a secret mission. Special mission. They are going to transferred. be transferred to the Dirigible Division. And they're like, oh, goes, the Blimp Brigade? The Blimp Brigade. What oh, my honor. God. Which only special members are chosen for. They're, they're completely honored. They are Team shocked. Rocket is bawling. They're so happy. And then we go back to Giovanni talking to his Persian. Apparently, these blimps are unsafe. They haven't been updated in years, but their insurance is still active. Oh, more like the Blunder Brigade. He's going to fucking kill Jesse and James. In an insurance scam. In an insurance scam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's setting them up to crash. and uh, They're going to be the patsies. And so the gang approached the blimp, which is huge. It's massive, and it's also old and beat up. You want to hear a fun fact about blimps, Kelly? What? This actually isn't a blimp. It's not a blimp. It's a fucking Zeppelin. It's a Zeppelin. Yes, because it has a solid structure around the gas part. Did you did you read that on Bubblepedia? 
Yes, I did. Because I didn't. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, cool. <laughs> Just one of those random ass things I've learned. That you knew. <laughs> Blimps don't have frameworks. Zeppelins yeah. do. They yeah. they keep their shape by the gas. Right. That is. Come on, Pokemon anime. <laughs> Fucking idiots. That's kind of funny. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> So two workers tell them that the blimp is so dangerous. People think it's haunted by a gang of ghosts. And he said gang of ghosts. And I was like, oh, my God, we're getting them back again, aren't we? <laughs> the Tower of Terror the Tower Boys. Tower of Terror Boys. They're back for another routine. Hell yes. Let's go. <laughs> That's unfortunately not the case. <laughs> but Team Rocket, dressed as flight attendants, uh, show up to tell the kids to board that the ghosts are from a rival blimp line. You know, normal and, and this things. is an example of a terrible disguise. Like they're they're not disguised like no. at all. No, <laughs> but the kids don't notice. Absurd. And Meowth watching in thinks that the bo- the boss think the boss knew that these kids were gonna go on a little blimp. He knew what he was doing. They he didn't. He's just trying to kill you, Meowth. It's all just a weird coincidence. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Jigglypuff is back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. She sees the launch mechanism the lever to launch the blimp thinks it's a microphone like usual jumps on it it launches said blimp and she gets caught in the rope and is going to fly with the blimp yeah so the the zeppelin starts taking off and and she is being pulled along by her feet she's okay though she's a very durable puff she'll be fine yeah and so on the blimp we see first class is run down. They've upgraded the gang to first class. More like last class. Mm-hmm. It's a whole mess. The floors creak and the windows it's really are cracked. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, really shitty room. The floor collapses under Ash. He nearly falls into the ocean. There's an open hole in the yep. bottom now that Ash is like dangling, <laughs> dangling from. He gets pulled back in, but like he was almost toast. <laughs> yeah, he gets saved. And then it's time for dinner, which is just Ooh. cold soup. Oh. That Meowth has not done a very good job at cooking, apparently. Right. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. The blimp starts to tilt, and the gang mm-hmm. asks uh, Jesse and James, who's driving this thing? And they're <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they go and check with Meowth. Meowth is like the chef in the he's kitchen. In a chef. And he's like, uh, I guess the blimp's flying itself. If you're not <laughs> flying it, I'm not flying it. And they're like, Are you what? flying it? <laughs> so they run to the control room, and There's it's no empty. one there. Yeah, nobody's flying this. <laughs> Uh, but Meowth has the manual, right? He's like, I'll so check he, under no pilot. He looks he up says. to see what does the manual say about the situation in which there is no pilot. Yeah. I don't think manuals cover that, Meowth. I'll look up the no pilot section, he says. <laughs> and the blimp starts to tilt down. And, blimp and here physics, we get baby. A beautiful, I, I love when anime does this, so. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, you know, beautiful manga and anime, very weird. But they always do this thing where they'll, like, slip in a weird, like, science lesson in mm-hmm. the middle of, like, a battle. And then you'll just suddenly learn about, like, some, uh, I don't know, like, a culture or a piece of science. But it's, like, done kind of poorly or simply. But it's, like, it's kind of hilarious because you're, you're getting this lesson that you had no idea you were getting in the middle of a battle. Uh, and that's kind of like this. We, mm-hmm. we get a lesson on how blimps work, I guess. I guess this must be how zeppelins work, right? I guess. Um, so. But basically, they're explaining ballasts. So uh, a diagram shows up that has the innards of this thing. Shows two big tanks of water, one in the front and the back, and how they let water go to to balance. So Team Rocket has levers, one for the front, one for the back. Uh, and when they open the front one, it's like it hits Jigglypuff with water. Like so, Jigglypuff's getting pissed <laughs> off. Um, but basically they keep going back and forth, letting water out the front, water out the back because they keep overcorrecting. Mm-hmm. So the blimp's like heading down and it's h- hitting up and it's heading down. And we get that great cartoon 
piece where the gang is like sliding back and forth, you know, like we've such seen like a, Son, like such the a cliche. It's such a cliche, but I I, I kind of like. But it. it's still fun. <laughs> I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I actually didn't know that uh, blimps or zeppelins like carried giant water tanks. I knew the basic difference between the yeah, two, I but I, 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 I never knew how they actually fly. This, but uh, yeah. I'm going to take seemed, the show's word for it. It seemed fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. trust the show when it comes to uh, Pokemon knowledge, but I'll trust it on how blimps fly. Really, really. <laughs> <laughs> You don't trust the Pokemon anime about Pokemon <laughs> knowledge, but it's where you get your primary blimp information. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone gets their blimp information from? I love learning about blimps from Pokemon, Mom. Well, first, uh, the first thing you learn in Blimp 101 is a scare in the air from the Pokemon anime. Season and two now we're going to watch the Sacred Orange Island episode <laughs> of the Pokemon anime, Scare in the Air, to learn everything we need to know in Blimp 101 school. <laughs> yes. It was my favorite class. So, <laughs> so well, they uh, really make you take some weird electives in the liberal <laughs> arts. <laughs> so, event yeah, eventually the blimp levels out, but now they're heading right into a storm cloud. Mm-hmm. And so they try to let more water out to to rise up, but there's none left in the tank. They spent too much time or they, <laughs> they wasted too much water overcorrecting. And yeah. now they have no more water. Uh, and because of this, though, Jigglypuff gets a chance to climb up into the front tank. Because, yep. like, the, the water escape is open, but there's no water. Um, I also like these lines here, Jesse going, I feel seasick. Meowth goes, don't you mean blimp sick? you mean blimp sick? <laughs> Good point, Meowth. <laughs> and he points at the emergency button on the right. wall. That'll release the gas and drop the blimp into the ocean. But uh, Jesse and James don't really want to do this. They don't want to disappoint the boss by destroying the blimp, even though that's exactly what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and James just doesn't want to lose his uh, blimp brigade uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and so back in the dining hall, the, the gang is like getting back up. But Togepi is missing. Where is Togepi? Mm-hmm. So they have to go on a search. It's scavenger hunt time. Where is Togepi? Yeah, Misty, instead of Togepi, grabs like a Daruma doll. Yeah. It's like a little kind of Japanese doll. You're like, you've probably seen one of these before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of common. But yeah, she throws it. She's like, that's not Togepi. So yeah, where's Togepi? The storm's getting worse. So the gang's searching all over. And this is really cute. So Pikachu's helping. And Pikachu can say part of Togepi. He can say the P. <laughs> so he's like, P, P, P. Very cute. <laughs> that's cute. They're kind of smart. <laughs> And Jigglypuff's on board now. We see Jigglypuff finds a candle, sees it as a microphone ah. as well, tries to reach the candle, but gets caught in a loose tablecloth. Right. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Where will this go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what trope is, is Jigglypuff getting covered <laughs> in a tablecloth on a supposedly haunted blimp going to service? There's also this part I like when they're searching where Ash uh, opens a trash can at one point and goes, <laughs> Togepi! <laughs> the trash. So uh, the gang climbs into the big balloon framework of the blimp. Yeah, they're in the guts of it. Which, as we said, is is not a thing blimps have. It's a Zeppelin. They see something in a sheet run by. Woo, spooky. Right. What could this be? <laughs> it's oh, a goodness. ghost. It's a ghost. Ah! And so they go after it. They think it might be Togepi, though. And in... Classic, you know, cartoon animation, the what we think is a ghost starts to shine in the darkness. It glows for some reason, mm. which the glowing we never get an explanation for. 
And yeah, so they run. Just like their perception. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Team Rocket is also searching, but they're looking for the kids. They're looking they're for the They're on like gang. another level because there's yeah. all these catwalks and ladders and stuff. So they're on like another a level. They're searching for the gang. Uh, they can't find them. They're like, they're invisible like ghosts. Uh, and that is when, you know, Jesse and James, for some reason, are beating up on Meowth. And, yeah, that and- was weird. Yeah, I don't know. They just decided to tickle their anger. Yeah. I guess. And, and Meowth points out there's a ghost behind you. And so that's when they also see the Jigglypuff uh, tablecloth What are you talking situation. about Jigglypuff? It's a ghost, Graham. Come on. Uh, that's that's when they see the the real ghost. factual the real, ghost very problem. Very real ghost. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, the ghost falls to the ground and the tablecloth falls off. And oh, yeah, it is Jigglypuff. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it loses the Tricked me. You got me there, show. <laughs> it was not an evolution. Jigglypuff did not evolve in a Gengar. That's and a so thing. Ash is terrified, and he's like, you know, we should probably we should probably land the blimp because you guys look really scared. You're all really pissing yourself. <laughs> You're we pissing and shitting land. and crying. Brock's uh, like, we're a mile high. <laughs> Which is about the altitude of a Pidgeot. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Pidgeot could have burst that blimp. Yeah. Misty's like, no, we're not leaving. He's I got to find Togepi. I will fight any ghost or person I have to. I'll battle whomever I gotta. And that's when Team Rocket's like, oh, that's our cue. Battle? <laughs> you say battle? It's time for Team Rocket. And they get two lines into their motto before they fall off their ladder. Yeah, Misty's like, go away. We got bigger problems. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I like this because they the, the motto music started and they got through the first two lines and then they fell off the ladder and then they continued the motto without the music. <laughs> It was very yeah, that's awkward. Good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and then Meowth ends it with Meowth, that's fright. Yeah, well, I, I know. I, I like that too, though. I like this idea that, you know, their vibe of it is like what's creating the music and the spectacle, right? <laughs> so their vibe's thrown off and like that's why the music kind of gets fucked up. So it's battle time. They use, they send out Arbok and Weezing. Arbok goes for a bite. Pikachu thundershocks it. But Arbok is coiled around some of the metal framework, which conducts the electricity, shocking everybody. Brock and Misty were like, hey, duh, don't use electric attacks. You could destroy You're the You're going to blow up the blimp. Yeah. Brock decides to help by sending out Geodude against Weezing, who they We do collide. not see Geodude fight in a no, while. No, it's been a long time. Geodude and Weezing uh, hit at each other a few times, and then Geodude grabs Weezing and fucking chucks him out the yeah, blimp. Yeah, him. Boomerangs him. the blimp. <laughs> Yeah, he does boomerang him. The Weezing <laughs> flies out the blimp and then flies, flies back, back in. like a huge hole. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. That was sweet. Good job, Geo, dude. So yeah, this causes a big hole, big problem for the blimp. And then we see Togepi balancing there on a steel beam. Yeah, get down, Misty says. Uh, Team Rocket, Jesse and James are sad. They're doing the little thing where they're crouched down on, onto their uh onto their they're crouched down and they do the little circle on the floor like they're playing in the sand. And like, oh, yeah, they're real awkward. Oh, looks like Team Rocket's again. messing up again. And then so the gang goes for Togepi. And uh, <laughs> I thought this was funny because finally, after like, half a season of Togepi doing dangerous shit and Pikachu always saving him, the gang yeah, finally sees yeah. Togepi's Daredevil acts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they really clue in, but uh, yeah. So Misty needs to go grab Togepi up from this beam. So what they're going to do is they're going to have Bulbasaur secure her with, with the vines. Um, Instead of just Bulbasaur getting Bulbasaur to grab Togepi. Yeah, exactly. But Bulbasaur just grab Togepi and not have to risk Miss, Misty. <laughs> he does it all the time. Why not now? 
It's always <laughs> yeah. the thing. So if Misty's there's... up on the beam with, yeah, using Bulbasaur's vines as like a, a, a secure. If there's anything ever in long reach, it's always Bulbasaur, use your vines to grab this thing. Come on. Come on. Well, we needed no. a bit more tension. We yeah. needed a bit more suspense. And so Meowth takes this opportunity while they're distracted. He's going to go stealth cat. And yeah, one of us goes up on the beams, gets behind Pikachu, yanks him. This is a job for Meowth. And we get this awesome. This is actually, <laughs> I really like the music here. This funky bass riff. It's like spy, in. funky Everything, spy ding, music. Ding, ding, sweet. Bam. Yeah, exactly. And we get a sweet sentence. Watch in wonder as I display an array of feline agility and cat-like mobility. Oh, that's <laughs> He's good. using like this uh, ladder as like monkey bars. That's so good because he's actually using his cat things. We don't see Meowth do that very often. That's true. Using it, it, his that is that a really different. nice sentence, like how it mm-hmm. sounds. It is yeah. very good rhyme. He, as he's doing that, the blimp exits the storm. He's doing the monkey bars, and the sun shines in his face, distracts him. He lets go of one arm. He's dangling there by one hand. And mm-hmm. Misty, meanwhile, is almost at Togepi when Jigglypuff falls onto the beam between them, Oof. and the blimp shakes. Team Rocket Fallout attached to a piece of fabric that they quickly fashion into a parachute. Don't worry, they're going to be fine. <laughs> right, so they grab that material, they make the parachute, Jigglypuff lands on top of the parachute yep. somehow and starts singing. <laughs> so yeah, they're not going to be fine. They fall asleep, they fall into the ocean, they drown for good. They Goodbye, Team Rocket. They are dead, we will not R. see R. them IP. again. <laughs> what happened to Jigglypuff? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So is this like in Smash Brothers, how Jigglypuff, like if you keep jumping, kind of like floats like a Kirby? Like is that? Yeah, I guess so. Kind of how she got to safety. But also, I feel like Jigglypuff can probably swim. She seems quite buoyant to me. Yeah, she could float. She can probably float. She'll be fine. (laughs) The the currents bring her to land. She'll be fine. I'm sure of it. She did somehow live inside of a Blastoise's cannon Mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. And so back in the blimp, Misty has Togepi back. Togepi is safe and sound, but now the blimp has started to leak its gas. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so they it, gotta land it is thing. not doing well. No. <laughs> this was a bad blimp to start, right? It was in rough shape. Mm-hmm. So their idea that Brock has is to bring out the Pokemon to kind of uh, level the weights out. So they can <laughs> have Pokemon in the front or the back. We saw this in the SSN yeah. episode again. Uh, and they can use the weight to sort of steer the blimp. They're not going to try Onyx at all, though. Because Onyx <laughs> no, is too No, they tried heavy. Onyx. They fuck up all the heavy. math. <laughs> yeah, he, he sends them all out, and then he sends Onyx out. And Onyx, you see from the outside, that the blimp starts to, to lower down. They're like, no, 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 Onyx, come back. And then the blimp right. starts to slowly rise up again. That was good. And now we get basically a repeat of the bit where Team Rocket was overcorrecting with the water. Yeah. But now with like the Pokemon. <laughs> Reused footage, <laughs> So it's like going footage, up and yay. down, up and down. Yeah. Budget constraints. Woo-hoo. Sweet. They they spent it all on that transforming food card. Yeah. The yeah. first episode. So Brock's going to land this blimp on a nearby island that they're approaching. If they can just nosedive, nosedive a little bit. So they do the whole weight shifting thing. Eventually, they crash land on... Valencia Island. Wow. Conveniently. Incredible. Yeah. How fortuitous. <laughs> Everyone's okay. safe. And the Pokemon are okay. And the blimp is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and now they just have to get that mysterious Pokeball from Professor Ivy back to Professor Oak. And that is the episode. Amazing. So, literary hour. Uh, the real life occurrence of the Hindenburg. No, uh, <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. No, it's actually this trope, uh, again, referencing tvtropes.com called the Lottery of Doom. So it's sort of where a good random chance omen actually turns into something kind of awful. So oh, the like, Hunger Games. Hey, 
yeah <laughs> actually yeah <laughs> so i mean that's one of them yeah so it's like you won the lottery you know this sounds like a great situation and it actually turned into this horrifying situation for the kid um so yeah the hunger games is a great example of that you won <laughs> the lottery uh, but you're actually pitched into this like death game between other kids from other districts where mm-hmm. they murder each other. Um, and I was also thinking of like the inspiration or one of the, the earlier versions of the Hunger Game. Battle Royale. Um, Battle Royale, yeah, yeah, which was a Japanese novel and then a and then a movie and a, a manga. And it's much it's like a much more fucked up version mm-hmm. of the Hunger Games. It's like kind of the same thing, but there uh the ideas that um a random ninth grade class in Japan is just chosen every year at random to like go into this death game. And it is like uh, put on TV, right? That so is like you're so gonna... wild. Oh my concept. god! It, it's a very. It's a. I've read the manga and watched the movie, and it's kind of horrifying. Actually, I like, imagine it, I, it. Uh, yeah, it's twisted. It yeah. is really twisted. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has a really similar feel to Squid Game. Actually, mm-hmm. now Squid Game oh, got so good. so popular. Yeah, this is like kind of the the same thing before Squid Game. It, it has that same feeling. Where you're like of despair and where you're not sure who's going to survive every episode and that sort of feeling that keeps you watching. So, yeah, similar thing. But yeah, that that is the trope that I <laughs> looked into is the lottery of doom trope. I have been told that I'm weird for this multiple times, but no, stories... don't say it. I know. it. You... OK, what? Wait, what? What, I... did you, what did you think I was going to say? That you watched Squid Game in the English dub. And oh, I, was like, I did. Don't out yourself again. <laughs> I did. The dub's not oh, great, oh. but I can't focus on subtitles, so I can't. Right. I'm not gonna watch it <laughs> subbed. Um, okay, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Stories where poor, sad people have to kill each other for the enjoyment of the elites. Those stories get me fucking going, man. <laughs> I love those kind of stories. There's something about them. Do you like those stories because it's like this human struggle of classes? Or do you like them because you want to be the elite? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the first. Well, um, then I don't think that's weird at all. If you said the <laughs> latter, that'd be kind of twisted. It's just, it's just. I, I don't know. I think it's a little strange. I just like watching sad people kill each other for the enjoyment of the rich. They're popular. Yeah. Like, those things are popular, right? Hunger Games and Squid Games, like, we're are both really popular so something that has death as a consequence but the people in charge don't really see death as a serious consequence there's something about that that i love Mm -hmm. there's something about that that gets me like hyped up and i love it i think yeah i think it's exciting i think it's scary Mm -hmm. in a in a way i think it adds a lot of suspense and it also makes you reflect on like what like classism in society kind of leads to right like the power of the elite and how they think about other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I do think those things are fun. If you watched Squid Game, the, like the, oh, what are they called? The the rich people running it. Um, yeah, we're having the weird orgies in the back. Yeah, and, and stuff, they're, right? like, yeah. they're watching it and, and they really are just looking at it like a game. They're not thinking about these people are actually dying. And something about that is just like, oh, the same thing with the Hunger oh, Games, a good story. right? They, the rich people mm-hmm. in, the, in the city. And they, they almost make it like a view it as like an honor. Yeah. It's and like a reality like a battle show. Battle Royale is like, Battle Royale is like that. Is they view it as a reality show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the one that watches Big Brother. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, okay. The, so, so the, 
based on on that, on the Big Brother and my love for for that and Survivor, Catching Fire is like my favorite of all of those because it's like an all-star version of the Hunger Games. And it's like, oh my God, they're doing an all-star version of something where everyone dies. And that's that's, that's insane that's second, and I love it. That's the second one? Yeah. Wow. That movie bored the fuck out of What? Me. I, lo- I loved the oh. first one and the second one I was like, this is... I thought so the first late. one was disappointing. I love the second what? one. <laughs> the first one's good. It's, it's fine. It's good, but it's not yeah. great. It's I decent. I love Catching Fire. It's so good. The second one is so boring. It's just the first movie again. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's what Catching Fire is. It's the again, first book again. I think, I think this is, again, a weird take. <laughs> catching Fire is awesome. Sometimes you do have controversial movie takes. No, not sometimes, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> catching Fire is great. I love it. Wow. Well, Jay, send us out of the comments what you great. think of those Hunger Games movies. The whole series so is that great. The first one it. was okay, and the second one sucked ass. I'm, so, I'm excited for the prequel. I'm going to go see that one. I stopped watching after Catching Fire because it bored what? me so Oh, bad. my God. <laughs> yeah. You're the worst. So I don't even know what happens in Mockingjay. You're Mocking the worst. <laughs> you got to watch Mockingjay. They're great. I'll fall asleep. They're, no, we they, uh, No, the, the other one of these that I like is um, The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you know this movie? I don't. It is another like sci-fi take on reality shows where prisoners have to go on this show, okay? Oh. And then what the show is, it's like a gauntlet of boss battles, basically, like American Gladiator style, mm-hmm. where they have these like themed uh, gladiators. And the whole p- point of the show, The Running Man, is that these prisoners have to like get through the different stages, but it's all broadcast um, <laughs> as like a it. reality show. And the the people that they have to get through, like one is like hockey themed, so he's got like blades and and uh, uh, and hits them with the sticks and stuff. But then like the protagonist is played by Schwarzenegger, and he's a prisoner. I think he gets framed and then has to go on this show. And basically, he ends up being the one that like murders the uh, <laughs> the the murderers instead, like murders the gladiators instead. It's really hype and awesome. All right, you sold me. I'm gonna find that at some point. It's fun. You'd like it. It's like, it's the right kind of cheesy too, right? Like (laughs) actually, like some of the other ones we were talking about are a little bit more like, it's not like dramatic like Mm -hmm. Squid Game or like horrifying. Uh, It's just like fun and stupid. Yeah. (laughs) But has the same plot basically. So, (laughs) All right. Shall we get out of here and rate first? Yeah, let's finish this up. Four poor time. First category will be the repetition. Hmm. Okay, so we actually reward for being repetitive, mm-hmm. and this episode showed that fucking blimp animation so many <laughs> times. That's true. Uh, that's true. Jigglypuff comes back. Yeah, that's as... a repetitive trope. Yeah. Um, Is motto... there anything about the Team Rocketness? Like, I, I would the say not like different. disguises. Like, I've, it all felt very. Like I've seen this before. Yeah, it's actually a pretty repetitive episode. This is going to score yeah. high. <laughs> I'm going to go with an eight. Yeah, I'll join you there. Joining me an eight. And second category will be the jelly donut effect. Ooh, so we use that to talk about like funny translations. I am going to have to go to Bulbapedia quick for this. So the lottery stands. I don't remember anything too. Fukubiki sign gets erased. The lottery prize in English is Fridge Magnets. In the original Japanese, it's an awakening. Meowth's song in the original is him just dialing the boss's phone number. Oh, okay. Well, and then we got the better version then. Japanese Team Rocket or James says that the 
the chef has a cat's tongue or someone mm. who doesn't like hot foods, which is funny because the chef is a cat. Okay. Um, yeah. So nothing huge, but the no. we got the on top of old smoky reference. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I like that. That was funny. <laughs> it's kind of good. Okay, so there wasn't really a jelly donut effect it's here a five in a for strong me. way, so it, it's low. I, I'm going like a two. Doesn't really apply. I think jelly donut effect is just dub changes, at least to me. Yeah, I know, but yeah, there there aren't like very interesting dub changes. So, yeah, yeah, going with a two. And that is uh, there we go, eight three eleven five point five. Well, you said a five, right? So that's three and out three point five. Oh, yeah, five, I said five, you said two. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. That is 3.5. I don't do numbers, apparently. Which, then that's 11.5. That's 5.75. 5.75. Slightly yeah, higher than the first are, movie. These episodes are fives. Yeah. Oh, don't bring that up again. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and that is everything we got for you today. All right. Now, yeah. there. What are we doing next week, Cal? Well, next week, we're taking a look at two more episodes. It's going to be episode 85, Pokeball Peril, followed by episode 86, The Lost Lapras. Ooh, excited Join to learn more that. about what exactly is going to happen in Orge Island, because I do not remember at all. I remember most of it, but I'm excited to see it again, because it's been a long time. All right. Okay, so, uh, you know, please uh, leave us, if you want to get in touch, leave comments on the episodes. Um, we're on the Hydra Leech YouTube channel, or really anywhere uh, podcast episodes are downloaded. You can also reach us at 2 kill uh, delibird at gmail.com. We now have a Twitter as well. Uh, handle is 2KillAdelibird on, on Twitter. Intro and outro music is 80 Synthwave by Alexi Action. Ah, oh, Kellen, aren't you glad I didn't say? Shut the fuck up! <laughs>